Memorial Day. It's Monday. There's a lot of history behind that, and I don't want to give you a history lesson today. But I do want to share with you what I understand Memorial Day to be all about. There was a time in this nation when we were terribly divided. And I know 2020 seems like a day when we are terribly divided, and and we certainly are uh, not all of us holding hands and singing Kumbaya right now. But there was a time in this nation when we were so terribly divided that we had gone from words to weapons. And we picked up weapons against each other, one side thinking that they were justified in in picking up weapons and declaring, you will not tell us what we can do. And the other side picking up weapons and saying, we will hold a union together. And we killed each other to the tune of tens of thousands, brother against brother, father against son. We killed each other even within our own families. At the end of that terrible war that we in our nation call the civil war both sides were visiting the graves of those that they loved in the south they tended to call it decoration day because they had already been decorating their graves long before the civil war happened In the north, it tended to be called a memorial day. I always wondered why my mother-in-law, L.G. Campbell, would always go down on Memorial Day and never would call it Memorial Day to Alabama. And she would always say, I'm going to go down for the decorating of the graves for Decoration Day. Well, you know me, when, when there's something I don't understand or don't know, I've got to find out. I've got to figure out what all that is, is, uh, is meaning. And so I had to do my research, had to, to do the reading. And, and the truth is they, they called it Decoration Day long before the Civil War, long before in 1868 when we made Memorial Day official. And we named it after essentially the, the remembrance of the side that won that war. Uh, was already calling that, which was Memorial Day. You know, uh, if you pay any attention on Memorial Day, that it's the day we go to the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington Cemetery, and the President of the United States places that wreath. It's the day that if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., and you've ever been to Arlington, you'll see all the flags posted on every single grave. Because it's the day that we remember the fallen in war of this nation. But how did we get from a decoration that was already taking place to Memorial Day? And I can tell you that it happened at least in what I understand by a group of women down in Mississippi. 
who were observing Decoration Day. The day that they went and remembered the fallen soldiers from all of the battles that had led up. And we had many battles between, before the 1860s in this nation. And they would go and they would remember the fallen in war. Well, after the Civil War, you know that there was this, there was this policy called Reconstruction. And it was the attempt to reunite. Can you imagine? You've been killing each other on battlefields. You're supposed to be one nation again. Southern states had to repetition to become a part of the northern states again. To become a part of the United States. And so can you imagine the animosity and the anxiety and you think we're going through it now? Because our politicians can't get along? Imagine what it must have been like trying to bring families back together when brother had killed brother and maybe son had killed father. Certainly friend had killed friend. And you had this group in Mississippi of ladies decorating the graves and across the graveyard as you can well imagine were Union soldiers who had died. You, you think that there was a line drawn down between that cemetery. You're not burying those people over here. One of the first acts of healing that happened after the Civil War of this nation was when a group of Southern ladies who were decorating the graves of the veterans of the Confederate soldiers who had died saw that there was nobody decorating the graves on a memorial day for the Union soldiers who had died. And they divided some of that which they had brought to decorate the graves of their sons and they took them to the other side of the graveyard and they began to decorate the graves it was that act of Christian love that prompted the nation to say we need a memorial day. Not long after that, 1868, we began to officially recognize the last Monday of May. As Memorial Day. I wonder if they wrestled with those things in Scripture. You know they did. One of the best known stories comes from the book of Joshua. As I share Scripture with you today, know that I take you to the book of Joshua. And I'm going to take you to the fourth chapter of that book. Now, if you know anything about Joshua, you know that Joshua is the one that helped them to fight all the battles going into the promised land. Countless people were dying. But before they could get to the battles, they had to get out of the wilderness that they had been wandering in for 40 years. And they had to get into the land that they were going to have to fight their battles in. 
So they're crossing uh, the, from the wilderness into the promised land. And they have to go through the Jordan River. And as they're going through the Jordan River, God doesn't want them to forget 40 years in the wilderness. He doesn't want them to forget 400 years in Egypt. And so this is what he says to them. He says, Joshua, I want you to command. This is God talking to Joshua. Joshua, I want you to command your people to choose one person from every tribe. That's going to be 12 people. I want you to command your people to take 12, one from each tribe, and have them pick up 12 stones from out of the middle of the Jordan River. So here it is. Verse 2 of the fourth chapter. Take for yourselves 12, 12 stones from here and from every tribe and command them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stand firm. Carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you spend the night. Then Joshua called the 12 men the appointed children of Israel, one from each tribe. And he said to them, cross over before the ark. Because what's happening is the priests have gone and they've stood in the middle of the Jordan. And when the priests went down into the middle of the Jordan River, the Jordan River, it says, backed up for a mile all the way, get this, to a town called Sin. Fitting. The wilderness has always been the enemies of God. It's in the wilderness that Jesus goes to be tempted by Satan. It's in the wilderness that God has told them to release the scapegoat. It's in the wilderness that you encounter the false gods. Horeb, the, the, the place of the demons, lives in the wilderness. And God backs up the Jordan River for a mile to a place called Sin, on the border of the enemy of God, the wilderness. Take a stone, cross over before the ark, and make this, verse 6, make this a sign among you, that when your children ask in the time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Why did you do this? You shall answer and say to them, the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. When it crossed over the Jordan. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Now here's my question. How many of you remember that story? How many of you have ever seen a memorial of 12 stones at a place called Gilgal? A place where, where they had built a lodging? Nope. I've been to the Holy Land. There is no place down by Jericho with 12 stones that mark the memorial. You know, the truth is that 
someday Arlington Cemetery will disappear. Someday all of our cemeteries will disappear. Let enough time go by. And just as Rome is nothing but a few stones left piled on top of each other, probably one of the greatest civilizations this world has ever known, it'll be like Egypt. The only thing remaining is the very massive pyramid structures or the Sphinx that people now go and just view as a novelty. But for the people that built them, they were the building of memories. And that's what I want to leave you with today. What God was asking the people to do at the Jordan River was to build memories. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to remember from the last two months? Our rooted leadership told you some of the things that they're going to remember. You know why? Because they're building memories. They're not letting life just happen to them. They are actively working to build memories in life. It's what we do. We go on a vacation, we pull out our cell phone, we stand by the ocean, we stand by Mount Rushmore, we stand by the pyramids if you're in Egypt, and you take a picture, and you build a memory, a memory that'll last as long as you are alive, perhaps as long as your children look at that picture, perhaps as long as you tell somebody about that but certainly no longer than your lifespan and those that you have been able to touch with it. So the question becomes, building memories for what? Here's my answer. In 1 Corinthians, not chapter 13, that was used eloquently today during the perspectives message, but two chapters before that, in chapter 11, Jesus has been dead for decades at this point. He has already been resurrected. He has already ascended into heaven, and he's already seated at the right hand of God the Father, the same place that he sits today. Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and in the 11th chapter, they're having trouble getting along. It's why two chapters later, Paul is going to remind them what love is all about. Love is patient. Love is kind. Not bad words for today, brothers and sisters. But two chapters before that, he's going to tell them, here's the memory that you don't need to lose. And so in the 11th chapter, he reminds them that Jesus took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he said these words. Do this in remembrance. You see, what Christ is doing is he's building into the world a memorial, a place that we can once again celebrate what he is doing in the world. Can I tell you? 
that there is nothing else in this world that has lasted 2,000 years? Anything? For 2,000 years, we have been taking a loaf of bread, some type of bread. We have been breaking it and saying these words, the body of Jesus Christ broken for you. In the 11th chapter, Paul reminds the Corinthian church that even in the midst of conflict and controversy, even in the midst where they have almost forgotten how to love each other, that there is something that they can build upon. And it's his body. And it's his blood. It is the sacrifice that he made. And in the end of that, Paul says, here's the words that Christ spoke. Do this in remembrance. If you look at the word, it's the same word that is used in the Old Testament that says memorial. Here's the 12 stones. When your kids ask what this is about, they built, the, they built it, but you know what? Kids eventually quit asking what it was about. And so they forgot. And the stones went away. But can I tell you the miracle of Christ in this world? The miracle that if you build, as our rooted young people did, if you build your lives upon Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, that's a memory. That is a memorial. That is a life that is built into eternity. And if you need any more proof, I want you to remember the one thing that we have not forgotten for 2,000 years. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the body and the blood that was given for us. Happy Memorial Day. Make some memories. Build some things that are going to last for decades. But while you do that, remember to build those memories on something more than what we have here. Build it upon what we have in eternity. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Go in peace. God bless.